Presented by TBR Sports. This is the Booth Review Podcast. Boys, welcome back. Episode 133 of the Booth Review Podcast. Exciting episode. We've got the ALDS recap, TBR Wiffleball, Athletics, Braves, and who better to recap this than the two guys that were behind the camera all year, myself and Mets starting pitcher, I guess captain a little bit, Jackson Hart. Jackson, how's it going? Doing pretty well. Exciting time of nice. year. It is. Yeah. A lot of wiffle ball coming out. A lot of, uh, a lot of Instagram posts and promo. I've been seeing a lot of you on the Instagram, which is which is always fun. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep on the comments and the likes. Keep the uh, the wiffle ball mo flowing. Yeah, how do you uh, how because the ALCS has not been released yet, so um, we don't know how your team ends up doing. But you know, how are you dealing with the pressure of uh, all the attention on you on social media? It's definitely uh makes me feel good. <laughs> Because it's like, does knowing the athletics, their whole like a pregame matchup is all focused on how they can control me, and it's Mm -hmm. kind of putting pressure on me. Or going into the series, it was like, okay, I know what they want, I know how they're going to attack me. But it was like, I knew what they wanted from me, but I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. So there's a lot of question marks going into the series. But I love the uh, Bada comment. It almost kind of it inspires (laughs) me to be even that better. I mean, he's a good kid. Yeah. He's not mean in any harm or any way. It's all just fun and games at the end of the day. But it was it was good to see a comment like that just to kind of get some spirits going into a series, especially considering we hadn't seen them since week one. Right, yeah. There's a lot of juice going into that series. I mean, they gave you your first loss in like over a year, which I think was pretty unexpected. From I don't think anyone expected you guys to lose very many games in the regular no. season. And I definitely don't think anyone expected that it was going to be the athletics, the brand new team that really didn't have a consistent starting pitcher and didn't really have much chemistry, at least going into week one. I don't think anyone expected it was going to be them. So um, definitely the the storyline heading into the ALCS is, you know, they now have their pitcher, they have their guy, they, you know, they had a couple all-stars on their roster in the regular season. They won seven games, just swept the Braves, which we'll talk about on this episode. So uh, definitely some good bulletin board material for this series. And I like that Bada kind of added some fuel to the fire with the, uh, with the one-man show comment. So yeah, that was... not, who, not who I expected to make the comment. So it was kind of like unexpected, yeah. but I liked it. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, it was a good thing to get the, uh, kind of get the juices flowing, like you said, before the series. And um, See if, uh, I don't know, we'll put the Instagram poll out tomorrow morning, but I'm sure that uh, some fans will factor in all of this bulletin board material to their uh, their opinions for uh, who's going to win the ALCS. But uh, yeah. but yeah, glad to glad to hear Talk, that. You know, yeah, go ahead. Week one, it was just a offensive, just everyone was hitting. So to see them yeah. now have like their guy on the mound, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that as the season went on for both your teams, defense became more of a priority, um, or at least became a strong suit. I mean, they their pitching really led them. Their fielding is great, too, and we saw that in the ALDS. Um, and then, obviously, you guys have the lockdown pitching. Yeah, like yeah. the consistent double plays they were turning. I, yes. I yeah. give them the utmost credit on defensive side. I've never seen someone whip it from like the shortstop position chase to first base and get someone out. I always thought right. that was a guaranteed hit. 
and yet they pretty much got everyone out on that play. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're really, they were a solid team in 2023 in the regular season and uh, kind of much to everyone's surprise. So it's a really good matchup heading into it. I'm excited for, uh, for the video to drop and, you know, we'll have more to talk about once the, the ALCS comes out about which team's headed to the World Series. Are you guys going back? Or are we going to have the first time uh, AL champion athletics going to the World Series? Um, going to be exciting to see. But before we talk about the ALCS, we got to talk about the ALDS, um, which is the main topic of today's episode. Athletics and Braves, as we've already mentioned, kind of spoiled it. The Athletics end up sweeping the Braves in the ALDS. Um, pretty good series, had its moments. We were both at the field that day. We were running content. So we have a lot of insight about this uh, this series and, and the behind the scenes and all of that. But um I don't know, from your take, I guess going into it, I know that you and I had talked right before about like what we thought was going to happen, but what were you thinking going into this series just about what what both teams were bringing to the table and what potentially we were going to see on the field? I was fully expecting a high-scoring affair. I think the Athletics could be the best offensive team in that league. They have mm-hmm. four guys who all can hit, and I don't think they have a weak link on the offensive side. And then on the Braves, it was Kyle filling in for Chris. And I think losing Chris is definitely a big hole. But Kyle had yep. a very good season. A season he did. I don't think many people expected just because he was so new. And he's by far the youngest player in the league. So I think mm-hmm. I was fully expecting them to hit the seams off the balls. And I think Colin had, a, in his mind, a disappointing year. But the year previously had a phenomenal year. So I think he still had a lot in the tank. And I think going into playoffs, my personal thought was he's out for redemption. And so I was fully expecting a high scoring games, game one, two. And I thought it was going to go three. Um, yeah. But I think DeRoche got to the Braves. And I think the as soon as the athletics kind of started getting the or Colin started walking them, I think it just kind of they're a confident team. And I give them so much credit for it. And they, they will walk it. And so I think once they scored a run, it was kind of like, oh, their emotions are they're going to pull this off. Yeah. I mean, like you said, going into it, I think that, and again, it was a unique scenario because they played each other the day before, which is also something that we got to talk about because there was, you know, stuff <laughs> surrounding that as well. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, not having Chris was a huge blow. It was not something that any of us were expecting. Um, And they just so – they were just okay with playing without Chris, which was a little odd to me. I was like, you know, we could try and, like, reschedule this for, like, a different day if Chris isn't available. They're like, nah, it's fine. We'll just just play. Um, So, to me, it felt like the towel had already been thrown in from the Braves before the playoffs even started, which kind of sucks because they definitely – are a capable team. And I think we saw a little bit last year and a little bit this year at the beginning that they've had their moments where they're a really good team in this league, but they also, like you said, throughout the regular season had some bad moments where they were one of the worst teams in the league. Um, I, I feel like they, first of all, I think they should have played with Kyle the whole year. And that's something that Michael and I talked about because we were the only two that got to play against him in, in slate one and slate two. I get that Chris came back in slate three and obviously you needed to have Chris in your lineup, but they 
in my opinion, were a much better team with Kyle in the lineup. I don't know if you agree, but I thought they were better with him in the lineup than without. I think, wasn't Kyle their best average hitter? I Let me look at the regular season stats. He probably was. If it wasn't, I mean, Chris played one more series than Kyle, but I think it was, what, six games to nine games, I think was the total. Um, I thought Kyle was a very underrated hitter, in my opinion. I think he kind of got overlooked a lot during the year because of who he was. Obviously, he's Colin's younger brother. He's youngest in the league. But I think he's a very capable hitter. And he would get on base, whether it was a walk or a hit. And he performed. And he yeah. did well. Even in the big moments, he uh, performed. So it wasn't like, oh, he's just scoring runs when they're already up big or they're getting blown out. He was right there in the thick of it during the big moments. Yeah. He was batting a little over 300. I think Chris bat over 400. But Chris got... Okay. Um, a lot more plate appearances, uh, especially, I think, I forget which series it was, but they used him as like a DH in either slate f- three or four. I think so it was against he us. had like, was it against you guys? Yeah, he had like triple the plate appearances that Kyle had. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But uh, I feel like they should have had Kyle in the lineup. And that's something that Michael and I said, especially when they started losing, was like, why wouldn't you just keep Especially because Chris couldn't play in the field. Like, I think that hurt them a little bit in the regular season. Um, you could have had Kyle play in the field. He's a very capable fielder. You could have DH'd Chris. You could have DH'd Kyle. I think that they had kind of a luxurious lineup situation that they didn't capitalize on. Um, and it hurt them in the playoffs because, like, Kyle played well. But, you know, you throw him into a you know, winner go home series in the playoffs after not having played for three months. Like that, that to me seemed like there was just no chemistry between the three of them. Um, and yeah. we've talked about this team having like the most chemistry out of anybody just because they've grown up together and they've known each other for so long. Um, so definitely an odd situation for, for them to be in. I think that was a little bit mismanaged on their part. And obviously, you know, people aren't available for every series so you can't expect that Kyle would have been able to play anyway but I feel like it would have been beneficial for them to at least explore the option of keeping him on their roster for the remainder of the regular season um but yeah let's get into the series so they played the day before um which was a little bit odd because pretty much everything was solidified at this point I guess home and away was the only thing they were playing for but the Braves, I guess both teams actually decided to not give their best stuff in Slate 5. Um, from your perspective, from a Braves perspective, because the Braves end up getting swept in Slate 5, did you think it was smart to pitch Trey in this series? I think in the one, I don't think it was. I think yeah. even if you know you're going to see them, I think everyone in the league even if like they can see each other consecutively, I feel like the pitcher can always outduel them if they try their best. It like that goes for any pitcher in the league. And there's yeah. a bunch of great pitchers. But I think it what especially considering it was so quick, I think it just gave the athletics more confidence. And I think mm-hmm. even if Colin pitched terrible, he still could have I think that would have gave him that much more like momentum going into the next series, like, oh, I did terrible, but that doesn't matter. 
going into playoffs, zero zero record, fresh slate. I think it did come to yeah. back to hurt him. The other point I want to mention about the Braves is the one thing that they did have is their lineup was never consistent. So like most most teams had their kind of one two three guy. They had their four guys, but Colin would bat first this game, then he bat second this game, and then third the yeah, next game. Yeah, I did notice that. They would switch it every game so that each guy would get to bat first, which I thought was yeah. bizarre. I always wondered what the intention was. I get it. Like, Colin's one of the – I mean, I've been friends with Colin for a long time, and he doesn't – he's not out to, like, get anyone. So I think he's more of, like, let's get everyone involved, which I give yeah. credit for. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. unfortunately, I hurt them, but – it, uh, yeah, yeah, I was always that. That was kind of our knock on the Braves coming into the season was we thought they lacked a bit of competitive edge. Um, and I thought that at times you saw it in 2022 when they would lose or when they were in competitive moments. Like I've, again, we grew up with these guys. I've seen Colin get like angry competitive. I've yeah. seen Chris get into it. I haven't seen Trey get into it. Trey's way too nice to get competitive. <laughs> he um, is. But he's, I mean, he's a, Trey's a great player, you know? It's not like he's just like out to lunch. He was, he was probably their most effective hitter this year. Um, And he might have some hardware. Yeah, he might have some hardware coming his way at the end of the season as well. I mean, we don't know what the awards are going to look like yet, but I would assume that he'd be up for at least maybe one or two, um, you know, like awards that are not like MVP or anything. But um, I mean, he probably read up as well. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of home. We were talking about, um, yeah, he had, I just had the thing up. I should look. He had four home runs, which is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, considering that, like, you led with what? Did you have 12? 12, yeah. 12. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of the the outlier because everyone else is 7, 7, 6, 5, 4. So four is in the upper tier of home runs for this season, which is really good. Um, Especially from a guy that didn't hit that many the year before. So like most improved comeback player of the year, something like that. Like Trey's definitely in that realm of possibility. Um, Some of those home runs too. Yeah. I mean, look at the series against us. I mean, he hit two home runs that were daggers and he, he gave them two of their three regular season wins, you know? (laughs) I mean, he hit a grand slam off me. Yeah. So, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he he had a big role in this playoff series as well. We'll talk about that. But um, yeah, what Michael and I said going into the postseason was that um, they definitely had a competition issue, um, and we we worried that if they couldn't tap into that competitive edge, that they would struggle, and ultimately they did. Um, so I I agree with you 100. percent The batting order thing to me didn't make sense because. Like you said, every team has a pretty set batting order. Um, your team especially will never change their batting order, <laughs> no matter the situation. I chance to bat first, even if I was hitting a 1,000. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you have the back-to-back like MVP, World Series MVP from last season, uh, home run leader, silver slugger, like everything. Like You led in every category. You have never bat first. <laughs> Um, oh, what, when was it? It was <laughs> earlier this season. I think it was, um, I think it was when we played you guys, my team, usually Ferulo leads off for us. Cause I think Ferulo is a very consistent hitter. And I think that he, um, does a really good job of putting balls in play. 
Yeah, he, he always gets, gets on base. Home. Yeah, he gets I mean, he, on base a lot too. I mean, he probably was a leadoff home run, most leadoff home runs from the spot. Probably that'd be a good stat to figure out who has the most leadoff home runs. Probably him. Um, I mean, because if you spec- if you look at the other leadoff guys in the league, I don't think that they're. <laughs> I mean, I think um, you can take right off the bat. I think you can, Braves don't even have a leadoff guy. Yeah, Braves switch their leadoff I mean, guy all the base? time. Does he lead Chase off for them? Get... Yeah. Chase Chase maybe. Didn't he lead game two of this series off of the home run? I gotta look have. back at the video. He did. I thought he did too. I think that's like the moment that it was like over. <laughs> yeah. When you could just after see game one. I also yeah, a big he... thing I want to mention coming into this series is how I've never seen Colin get mad. But he was mad at the athletics scheduling issues. Yeah, so that's what we got to talk about. Um, yeah, that was that was a real so, thing. Colin was not happy. <laughs> he I was not first... happy at all. No, yeah, he has. A, so what happened? If little bit of inside information on how we schedule these series. So we have before the season starts, we sit down and give two week blocks of time for each slate. So in total, that gives, that's like the summer, I think is what, like 10 weeks long. It's just about how long the summer is. Um, and obviously each slate doesn't take 10 weeks. Most will take, I mean, two weeks, most will take about a week, but we give ourselves like a buffer period in case there's scheduling issues, in case guys can't make it, um, in case the weather's bad. Um, we put together a Google sheet. We have, for example, slate one was like May 5th to May 21st. Um, so, or May 19th, whatever it was, like the, the Sunday of that week. So we give ourselves a two-week buffer period, and that goes on throughout the whole summer. But we don't schedule every single series before the season. We do it as it goes on, um, especially because, you know, like the NFL likes to flex games, we will flex the order of certain games depending on a slate. Like, um, for example, Slate 5, the, the Athletics and – or yeah, the Athletics and the Braves series – we made that the last series because that was the only series that really had any like head to head. I don't even know what the word is, but well, like the only uh, that had true playoff seating implications, right? Implications. Perfect. Yeah. Head to head implications. That's the word I was looking for um, because technically us and the diamondbacks also were fighting for seating, but we weren't playing against each other. So we wanted to put that Braves athletic series last in slate five. Um, so basically what happened is we texted everybody at the end of slate four, we scheduled the games, the, um, Braves and athletics, although they were going to be posted last on YouTube, they were going to be played first. So this game was supposed to be played at the end of July, the night before the game is supposed to be played. Chase texted the group chat and said that he couldn't come because he had Red Sox tickets which I'm not going to say one. I have my thoughts on it. I'm not going to give my thoughts. I like, I get that people can't come and I'm sympathetic to that. And I, I know that people sacrifice a lot for this league and it's a big effort, especially for the guys that don't live where the games are being played. Um, it's yeah, it's a big effort for them. So yeah, a lot of guys travel, a lot of guys from a lot of different places. So I didn't want to, you know, I don't like to, give people a hard time when they have things come up. However, it was a little last minute 
and it didn't seem like the best excuse in the book. And there were four guys on that team. They probably could have played with the remaining three or even two of those guys, especially because, yeah, this series had some implications, but it wasn't like, you know, a winner go home situation. It was the winning team is going to get home field, whatever. So well, at the end of the Colin win that series to move on. Right. The, for the yeah. playoff series, it's like home or away, you're going to have to win. Exactly. Yeah. So Colin, basically what ends up happening and, you know, you can jump in if I'm remembering it wrong, but I think that there was no other day that either team could do except for the day before the World Series or not the World Series, the day before the playoffs start. Well, I think it was I Chase think from what Colin said that Chase said he could do the only day he could do was Saturday. Yes, that's what it was. So I think originally they were going to play on it was like a weekday. And Chase yeah. said the only day he could do was Saturday, which is the day before the playoffs. Um, and I'll jump back a little bit to the beginning of the story. It was confusing from the jump because we had to schedule their Slate 5 series and their playoff series at the same time. So when I texted them, I tried to make it as clear as possible. Like, hey, this is a unique situation. You guys are going to play each other in Slate 5 and then again in the playoffs. And we have to schedule both of those days right now. So I think that they were both a little bit confused. And I think you and I were worried. Like, I don't think they know that, that they're going to play each other back-to-back days. Um, because it was kind of confusing to describe that over the phone when you're throwing different dates out. Someone's like, I can play Wednesday. I can play Thursday. You kind of lose the idea that they're going to play back-to-back games. So basically, Chase said that he can't play any day except for Saturday. which again, was fine if, anybody, if everyone else could do Saturday. Colin said that they could do Saturday, but they couldn't play without Chris. Or they had to play without Chris because Chris wasn't going to be available um, yes. for yeah, the whole Chris weekend. Yeah, Chris was gone. Chris was going away this weekend, which was like, all right, well, first of all, the playoffs ha- are going to have to be played like on this weekend, so you're going to have to play with Chris without Chris anyways, right? So... Um, Basically, well, I think Chris was 100% out Saturday, but I think if there was a chance he could make it back Sunday for the playoff then, game, that's what I think too. But then the opposite then, ends up happening. Yeah, when Sunday comes around, he, I think it was a wedding or something, it like went longer than he thought and he couldn't make it. Yeah, because he played on Saturday, he played against yeah. them in Slate Five, which we weren't expecting. So this was also the weird thing about this series was we didn't know who was going to play. So you, if you watch both of these videos, we get both the lineups wrong. Like in the pregame, the lineups are completely screwed. Like the starting pitchers are wrong. What we were told was that on Saturday, there was going to be the Athletics full lineup versus Colin and Trey. That's what the Slate 5 series was going to look like. It ends up being the Athletics without Nate versus um, Colin Trey and Chris. We didn't know Chris was coming on Saturday. Um, And I don't know. I was just so thrown off. It's so confusing to talk about. But anyway, I should just point out that there was animosity going into this playoff series because I think Colin felt a little bit cheated because the A's had screwed them over at the last minute with the scheduling. Um, And then to top it all off, we show up at the field and exactly what we thought might happen happened. The Athletics had no idea that they had to play a playoff game the next day. 
<laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, we get to play? They're like, wait, we're playing tomorrow? I was like, yeah, we talked about this. And they're like, Nate's not available tomorrow. And I was like, well, you're going to have to play without him. And I remember they were like, should we just play it today? And at one point, yeah. we were all ca- – because then Chris said he couldn't make it on Sunday. So we were Chris like, should we play – Because he had a yeah. concert or something. So he's like, I can't yeah. play the second Yeah, so we started talking about potentially playing the Slate 5 series and the world uh, the playoff series, the ALDS, back-to-back on the same day. Just swing right – it would have been like at least five games against each yeah. other in a row, which would have been one full World Series length, which is crazy. Um, so we didn't end up doing that, but I should just point out if there's any – I know there were a lot of Braves haters in the comments. Um, they were – playing this series severely shorthanded and yes. mentally shorthanded because they had been blindsided by the schedule. So there's that. Um, anyway, let's totally get into the... <laughs> yeah, no, same. I, I mean, that, that bothers me. Yeah, especially in the playoffs too, you know? Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the ALDS. Let's get into this series because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, so the Braves decide in Slate 5 they're going to lay down and basically let the A's have it. Um, so again, like you said, I don't think that both teams should have rested their starting pitchers in slate five, especially the Braves. Cause I felt like home field was more important to them knowing yeah. that they weren't going to have Chris for the playoff series. I feel like you needed to have that last at bat. Um, but, uh, but anyway, game one, the, there was a specific play that both you and I talked about in game one that and it's weird to say this about game one that we felt shifted the momentum. It was when Colin dropped that fly ball early on in the game. Yes. Cause he, the what whole you, what, season was money. That was yeah. his play. Like that was his claim to fame right there, that play. And you expected any ball that went up in the air, even in like foul territory, he was going to bring in. Yeah. This one goes up. And I think, I think it's you behind the camera and I'm out in the outfield and you just see it, it drops. And it's like, wait, I, that, that just didn't happen. That's not calling. Yeah. But yet it did. No, not at all. And I yeah. think that. I really true. think that, yeah. You and I both kind of acknowledged after that moment. I think we looked at each other like that was crucial. And yep. people underestimate how big defensive mistakes are, especially in the postseason. I mean, you could say it was the same as giving up a base runner like on a walk or, you know, base on balls or whatever. But I felt like for the Braves to win this series, Colin needed to be perfect on the mound. They needed to get ahead early um, on the scoreboard, which they did. I'll give them credit. I think they score first in game one, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think they did. They get one in the top of the first, maybe. And then Nate shut it down. Yeah, I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah, so they scored first. Um, I think that Colin was looking good. And again, this was early on, but um, from the stuff that people don't see in the videos, like he was throwing good balls. He he was throwing good strikes. Like he wasn't shaky on the mound at this point. Um, So I felt like for the Braves to have any chance in this series, they were he was going to have to be perfect on the mound. They were going to have to give up no runs. They were going to have to score a lot. Um, like you said, a more high-scoring series that they were going to have to come out on top. And dropping that fly ball, such a routine play, such an easy out, that to me right then and there was like, they're just not going to be able to succeed 
if they make mm-hmm. mistakes like that. And they had a couple moments like that. I think they end up dropping another ball later in the series. Um, I think it was a fly ball out your way, like closer to the warning track. I don't know if it was Trey or if it was Kyle. I forget exactly who, but somebody dropped the ball in this series again. Um, and I think that that really is a big mistake that they made. Um, but let's talk about the athletics. Offensively, like you said, they're one of the best offenses in the league. They came alive um, in this game. They scored six runs. What did you see from the A's on the offensive side of the ball? It's a team that when everyone's going, watch out. They are a team where Chase can get on, Lucilito can get on, Bada can get on, Droge can get on. They can all not only hit, but they can hit for power. Mm-hmm. And they're also a like good discipline team. I mean, they're, I mean, there's yeah. obviously good discipline players, but I say on average, they're a very disciplined team, and they hype each other up a lot. It may not be the yes. most like, oh, come on, come on. A lot of it is kind of joking, but they're still hyping each other up. And I think it's a team that was very confident. And you could see that in this video. Like, one little mistake gives them all the confidence they need. And they yeah. thrive off that. And I think getting... They don't really know Colin that well other than this wiffle ball league, but I think they got to his head unintentionally or intentionally, whatever it was, but they got to Colin's head and they just ran with it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're an energetic team. Um, They rely on power at the plate, which works very well to their strength, especially against a guy like Colin um, who relies more on the breaking ball. They feed off of that, and they feed off of their energy really well. The four-man lineup is really good for them. Um, I, I mean, I'd say I'm usually not a fan of teams batting four guys um, just because I think that it limits the opportunities for your, your power hitters, like your, your top guys. But they have such good hitting depth that it really doesn't affect them. I think it actually works to, in their favor to bat I think all four. that that works for. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say the Expos maybe, but the Expos, A, they don't ever usually play with all four guys at the field at the same time. And when they do, I feel like it's only been like one guy a game, you know? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Whereas the Athletics, every single one of them homered in this series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. And I think it was yeah. Nate that wanted to do it, but it was like, you felt, even if he didn't hit it, he hit one. They just had yeah. that sense of, like, they were all just clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, they did a really good job of got, getting guys on base, too. Um, the situational base running was something that we had mentioned um, with them coming into the postseason. Uh, and, again, kind of so seamlessly, they, uh, they're they able to just advance runners very quickly. Um, I mean, you you get a walk, like, this is probably one of the teams where it's the most dangerous to have guys on base because um, you could have a guy on first and then in an instance he could come around and score um, yep. on one play, which that's not the case with a lot of teams. They're very aggressive with their base running. Um, they were aggressive like in this series too. Is aggressive though like them. They are seeking out the extra base, whereas I feel like yeah. most teams are like, oh, I'll just take one base and then I'm good. Yeah. they are. And I feel like even the teams that are – that are more aggressive. I'd say the Expos and the Padres are probably the two other teams that this season were really aggressive on the base paths. But even like my team in the Expos, 
I don't, I feel like it's more like we take chances and it pays off. Like I think about mini Fenway, like when I jumped over the throw from Michael, like that wasn't really a calculated thing that I should have done. It was a risk that I was taking because we were down by a lot of runs and we'd lost the first two games. So it was kind of more just like, all right, like we're going to have to do something to get back in the series. So regardless of what happens, I'm going home. Um, yeah. And I'll hope to God that the defender misses me. I think the Expos are the same way. But the Athletics are very tactical about their base running. Um, and they really know how to advance guys. So it's a dangerous game to, you know, allow them to get base runners, which is what the Braves did. Um, 6-3 final in game one. Uh, the Athletics really didn't need to do much more in this series. I mean, they had the six-run inning in response to the Braves scoring the first run of the game. Kyle hit his first home run. It was a big two-run home run. It made things a little bit closer um, in the series. But at the end of the day, you know, they lost by three, They the Braves. They were never really knocking on the doorstep. I guess they they had an opportunity to tie the game in the, in the uh, top of the third. Uh, Kyle hit a ball to deep right that just – he got a little bit under it. But um, – yeah, it wasn't enough. Either way, though, I feel like the A's were just the better team in game one. They just played much better. Um, so they give themselves a 1-0 series lead, which I think was big for a team that plays with such confidence as well. Because, you know, you're up one, you have that cushion, like going into game two, kind of felt like it was over. Um, game two, right away, the A's were, again, the better team. Um I mean, what were your thoughts? Did you think the Braves really had any chance to force a game three, or did you think that game one was kind of their best opportunity? I think it was over after two, or after game one. Sorry. You could just, yeah. I don't even think the Expos or the Athletics really even tried in game one. I think they were just kind of playing it by the seams, just just going through the motions. So I think going into game two is like, they had, we haven't even seen their best wiffle ball yet. So the fact that they won six to three, I think it was pretty much as much as like I wanted to see a game three, I didn't feel any confidence that there was going to be a game three, just simply because of the confidence that the Athletics were building. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I um, again, like you said, I felt like I think their best opportunity was in game one in the third inning when Kyle was up at the plate. Um, they had two guys on base. Kyle was seeing DeRoche well. He was putting the ball in play a lot. And, um, I mean, he'd homered off of him in the second inning. I felt like if they had any chance to, you know, make a statement in the series, it would have been to at least send game one to extra innings. Um, I think just to prove to themselves that they had a place in that series. Um, because, again, 6-3, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a – high scoring margin for this era of TBR wiffle ball, but it was only three runs. And, you know, it was one swing of the bat that really made the difference. If Kyle gets a better piece of that ball, um, he literally, I think he was a foot or two shy of a home run that would have tied the game. So, um, so yeah, you know, and it, not to say, you know, never, but I felt like that was their best chance um, in that game. And like you said, it felt over after game one because, um, I mean, to this point, no team had in the postseason won a series after losing game one. We'd only had series sweeps um, in league history. 
And, uh, and yeah, it felt like it was the athletics who were just going to take it, even if it went three games at this point. It felt like they were playing the better wiffle ball. Um, and they stepped on their throats in game three. I mean, it was seven to three, probably a closer score than, uh, than the play indicated. But to me, it felt like the A's were just the better team through and through. Yeah, and I, I feel like I could see it on the Braves' faces as well. They were, You could tell that they just didn't feel like they had it in them. And that's no knock to any of them, but I obviously want them to win. I've been friends with all them. But it was hard to kind of see them like just so down on themselves. And it's like they had such a strong season the previous year. To see them struggle so much this year, I mean, it had to have been a horrible feeling to then go, what was it, 3-9? and nine? Or something like that. And then uh, just to struggle. Three, three and 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. So three and 12. And then just to struggle so much in the playoffs, just to finish basically three and 14 is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, agree. I think after um, that season, they just know it. Yeah. I, I, I think that too. I think that there was just no confidence from them. Um, in this series at all we really we didn't see much I mean we really didn't there were little moments in this series where the problem with the Braves and I think this is the only team that I'll say this about because every other team in the league I genuinely think when you're watching them it's kind of like a toss-up for who might win a game the Braves it's like you're watching them and they're already losing the game and you're like hoping for them to do things so that they don't lose by too much if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't watch any other team that way. But I watch the Braves and kind of like what we talked about in game one with Colin dropping that pop-up. I'm watching that first inning like, man, if they want a chance, they really can't give up any base runners. Versus like, if your team had dropped a routine fly like that, yeah, I mean, it'd be a mistake. But I don't think anybody would be sitting there like, oh, that was their one chance and they blew it, you know? I just don't think any other team in the league operates like that. I think the Braves have to play mistake-free wiffle ball, um, whereas I think the other five teams in the league have a little bit of leeway uh, in terms of, like, you know, Especially their off days are not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, A sweep the ALDS. Move on to the ALCS. Let's talk outlook before we wrap it up. First, for the Braves. Um, we've talked about them a lot. I know that there were a lot of negative comments about this team. Um, I got to pull one of the comments up because I, I think it actually perfectly, uh, it was someone who had commented on the YouTube, said that they had pitching issues, uh, said that, you know, a lot of stuff. And when they lost and we posted on Instagram, this person commented, the Braves are such an uncoordinated team with terrible pitching. They're pretty good for offense, not pretty consistent, pitching just terrible. Um, and I think that's kind of the issue that they have to address in the offseason. So I guess the question is, how does this team get better going into 2024? I think it's going to either have to come through trades or free agents, but I feel like free agency is where they're going to have to thrive. I don't think trade, because trade bait, what, like, they don't really have much to offer. And I think all their guys are loyal to them and they don't want to leave. Um. So I think they're yeah. going to have to either find some free agents on the market or just maybe ponder some trades and just look at other teams and see what's available, see if any players get cut, see if any teams just 
just or break apart or look at anything. I think in their perspective, yeah, they mean, have to look at all options. I don't think they have one specific need. I think it's look at best available and take what you can get. Yeah. Um, Colin made an interesting kind of post-game remark after uh, after the sweep in the ALDS when I asked him, you know, what's going to be the focus for you as a manager in the offseason? And the first thing he said was free agency, um, which I thought was interesting because like you, you don't really think that this team is going to get broken up at all, right? Like I can't envision them trading any of these guys away from their team. They're such a tight-knit group. But I also feel like if they keep the roster exactly the same, they're not going to win more than a few games in 2023. So they're in a bit of a pickle. They don't have much to give away. I don't think they necessarily want to give much away. Um, so it, I guess free agency, if players become available, they're definitely not going to um, trade anybody. Um, but I, I think the biggest issue that they have to address in the offseason is, off is pitching. I think that their hitting is fine. I think that if you get Chris Barone, Trey Gain, Colin Hart, and Kyle Hart in a 15-game season, and each of them plays all 15 games, they're fine offensively. It's the defense. Oh, I mean, the biggest, the biggest eyesore to me was when they played the Expos and they were up 8 nothing in the third inning and they let up nine runs in an inning. That, was the, that to me, was the moment where you really were like, man, that's where pitching makes, <laughs> makes the difference. If you have at least a somewhat capable pitcher on the mound that doesn't happen um and if they want to get better i mean i know they love this yeah i know they love this league i know that they you know especially chris like he loves being around the league he loves playing you know he loves being a part of it um but you know this league can become very unenjoyable if you're losing a lot of games so if they want to get back to you know, enjoying the league and having a good time and having a good team, they're definitely going to need to make some changes in the offseason. Um, let's talk the athletics. Uh, they're moving on. Yeah. Um, so the A's are moving on. They have to play against you guys. Uh, next video, ALCS. Um, what do you think are going to be the keys for the athletics uh, against your team? And what do you think they did well in the uh, in the ALDS that can translate to their game next week? Uh, well, I first think Bonta hit it right on the right on the head. I think I think everyone knew in the league if you shut. I'm not saying this to like pound my own back, but I think everyone knows in the <laughs> league if you take me out of the picture, you're going to win. Even if I'm doing okay, you're still going to win. So I think if they manage the game right and they, whether that's walk me every at bat, face the other two players, or just pitch me to where I can't hit and then just thrive off my pitching, I think they're up for some success. And I think coming from that, yep. the most important thing they have going from the Brave Series to our series is their confidence. They want, they, yeah, they won that series and they want us. I think we've always had the target on our back from the beginning. And I think there's no better team for us to face than the athletics. I think they're a very different team from week one in a better way. They have their pitcher. They're all hitting better than they have before. 
and I think they are ready and up for the challenge. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think everything you said, I think they're looking really good and really sharp. I think the extra two games is going to help um, going into you know the playoff series against you guys. They're definitely coming in rolling. Um, you've had a bit of a longer break than they have. Um, I think the biggest key for them, and it's something that we've said all season, they did a pretty good job with it against the Braves, but they got to stay focused. Um, they did a really good job of getting – um, uh, I, I would say in not your head specifically, but like your team's mentality. I think they disrupted uh, your team's mentality in slate one when they beat you guys. Um, and even when they even not in that third game when they didn't but like game two and game one, there were definitely moments where they were um, throwing you guys off your game a little bit. Uh, but in order to do that, I think they're going to actually have to just focus on being the better team. I think yes. that there's a lot of bulletin board material going into this that they will probably feed into themselves. Um, if they lose the focus against you guys, you're you're just the more experienced team and you have a more veteran presence. You can fight through that very easily. Um, so they're just going to have to stay focused. They're going to have to um, rely on their talent, not necessarily the mental part of the game. Um, and I think that's like we've seen this year. I think that's the best way that um, – teams have been able to compete with you guys is not drawing into the bullshit not you know not getting focused on like the little things that are going on on the field but just playing the game i think that you look at the expos you look at the athletics in game three you look at the diamondbacks in slate five um those were really good competitive series that were won on talent alone so they're just gonna have to tap into that again um that to me is the biggest key for them. I mean, they, they know that they can beat you. They're capable of doing it. They proved that they can do it. Um, they're just going to have to go out and, and do that again. It's a better team than, than they were in slate one. That's for sure. Um, and they have the experience under their belt. So we'll just, you know, only time will tell to see if they can, uh, can put it to the test, but uh, nonetheless, very impressed with that group. I mean, for them to come in at the 11th hour and, have a seven and eight season and, you know, sweep their first playoff series, like really impressed with them. I don't know if you feel the same way. But. Yeah, it was, I mean, this no disrespect to them, but it was kind of like a band of misfits almost. They were just thrown together yeah. at the last second and like, hey, we want to play. And so, all right. And so I don't think anyone had high expectations for them. And that's no disrespect to their talents because they're four very talented individuals. But it was, this, they've never played, or Chase and Cusolito played before, but it's a very different game now compared to what they were used to. And I think nobody really kind of had high expectations for them just because of who they were and how they came to like be. So I think for them to, yeah. even though they finished one game under 500, I'd say that's a very successful first season for them. And I'm excited for what's in store in this series because they are rolling on all cylinders right now and they're fired up to play us and i think out of any team they're the team that could give us the most struggle because of the kind of relationship between the two teams i think there's a lot of prior history between certain players arguing and not necessarily seeing eye to eye and i think that'll play a big part in the series and i think if they get into our heads Maybe not mine, but Seth and Will's, they're going to be in for some. They're going to be in for it. Like, they're going to do well. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I'm excited for the series. It's going to be a good one for sure. Um, definitely a lot of hype built around it heading into it. So, uh, yeah, the only thing left to do is, uh, is to uh, put the video out and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it when it comes out. But, uh, yeah, we'll leave the ALDS talk for there. Not a ton to talk about because it was a quick, pretty easy sweep. Uh, everybody kind of saw it coming. I, I mean, we forgot to mention this at the beginning, but the Instagram vote uh, on upload day was overwhelmingly in favor of the athletics. I don't think I've seen a larger gap. Um, and usually the votes pan out to be like, 50 50 60 40 is like pretty high this was like 80 20 everybody was yeah, on the side of the athletics for this one. yeah um so uh so i'll be interested to see the the how the vote pans out for the athletics and mets alcs series but um we'll leave this episode here for now next time we'll be back to talk about the nlds between the padres and the diamondbacks michael lynch will be joining us um you will obviously be, be joining us maybe we'll get the insight of uh some of the padres players some of the diamondbacks players who aren't myself or michael but uh but yeah that's uh that's all we've got for the alds recap if you haven't seen the videos go watch the playoff videos before tomorrow's alcs and uh thank you all so much for listening we will see you next time Feeling to love and know.